When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Huskies vs. Wolverines sports business podcast, The Sportacast. Mulligan? No, we're going with that. This is the Huskies versus Wolverine. <laughs> really? I know, I know you're excited about the, the national, national championship game. Scott. Seriously? That's it? I was wow. thinking about doing something with the uh, the Notre Dame the the Michigan fight song, which is the leaders of the West, right? Yeah. I think that, I've always thought that was funny because you should have played um, it. Michigan is no longer no longer that far west. We'll do that when they we'll do that when they win. Hail hail to the victory. Yeah, that's Michigan. Hail to the yeah. Victory, yeah. What did I do? Notre Dame. Yeah, I think you did Notre Dame. Eh, whatever. <laughs> do you want a mulligan, Scott? <laughs> I don't want a mulligan. I'm tired, my friend. I don't want a mulligan. I actually watched a little bit of the games though, so that was like new for me. I was laughing that we had Bill Hancock, the the, mm-hmm. the, the guy who runs the, the playoff on on the podcast last week, and one of the things he said about about timing and and ratings and all that, he was like, "Just give me two good games." That's all I want. And he yeah, got two, real good two games. games that literally went down to the final play uh, on both of them. Uh, a, a dream for the college football playoff. And you end up with, after all the hand-wringing about who was who was the best one-loss team and who was going to spoil this, you end up with the two undefeated teams playing in the, uh, in the national title game. So, I say if Georgia was participating on Monday, they beat both teams. How about uh, that? You are not alone. You are not alone in that, in, that, in that belief. Not alone at all. Yeah, well, it worked out great. Yeah, I mean, for me to watch it, and you know how I watch things now. I, you know, I monitor some social. I see it's getting close. It's at the end of the game. All right, I'll watch. Yeah. Oh, look, overtime, fine. You know, my son even came down. Focus group of one decided to watch the overtime. Uh, so that so that was good. He ended with uh, with why did they run that play? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people are asking. I'm going to say he could be the host Jackson. of any yeah. sports radio station in America. He's ready at age 14. Why did they run that play? Yeah. <laughs> Give, give me some of the numbers that we got. I mean, you know, great ratings, which is great. Lots of people tuning in, like Huge you said. Huge numbers. Just, just, yeah. just give me great. Um, what do you think it's going to be for your Michigan-Washington? I like when you have a little West Coast interest there, which is, which is good. Um, how, many, how many tens of millions? Over under 30. 
Oh man, I'm I mean, obviously, say... if it's if it's thirty five to seven at half, it's yeah, of course, it's going to make it. But let, let's just say, say give me close. I'm going to go under. under I don't think Washington is a huge draw. It's it's, it's been a while since they were here. Yeah. Um, the Pac-12 is falling apart, which we can get to. Michigan yeah. is a huge draw for sure, but the, the the we're used to these these playoffs that have Georgia in them or have Alabama in them, huge regional massive followings. I don't think that Washington fully commands that, but but I. I very likely going to be wrong <laughs> with anything I say on a ratings prediction. That's Let's sure. cross the Rubicon uh, of interest with uh, Kirk Herbstreet's dog picking who's going to oh win. Oh, my gosh. Throw, throw one ball with one logo, another ball with the other logo, and see which one that dog chases. I'm done. I'm done with back. Ben. Yeah, ben, <laughs> ben is dead to me. I, I said that just for you. <laughs> I know, I know. Who, who was it on Twitter that said it takes a lot to get me to hate it? A golden uh, retriever. A golden retriever. <laughs> yeah, that was Bud Elliott <laughs> as a big college football reporter. Um, yeah, I thought that was a, that was a great tweet. So, I mean, this, this is, Scott, that Michigan is the, the bluest of the blue bloods. Um, just, I'm yeah. just looking at the numbers here that, that our colleague Lev Akabas put together. Go um, check it out, fo- by the way. This fo- was great. If you want a snapshot of the football programs uh, and from a financial standpoint, go take a look. It's just he did Washington, Michigan by the numbers. And it's 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 really really great work. Michigan football brings in forty seven million dollars in ticket sales every year. Uh, that's uh, the big house, obviously one of the biggest, if not the biggest, stadiums in the country. Um, they bring in thirty million dollars in donations, forty million dollars in media rights, a number that is a, is is going to go up significantly. Uh, in the past two years, and will continue to go up moving forward. Um, it, it really does highlight, in my opinion, the, the the this this particular matchup highlights everything that's changing in college sports. Right, Washington is is here representing the the Pac-12, but uh, will not be in the Pac-12 very long. Washington and Oregon's departure from the Pac-12 at the at the thirteenth hour uh, a couple months ago is essentially the reason the Pac-12 fell apart. Um, they are going to the Big Ten because of the, the media number that I just mentioned for Michigan. The fact that the Big Ten schools are about to be sharing 50, 55, 60 million dollars a year each in, in, in TV money uh, was a figure that that Washington and Oregon and everyone else in the Pac-12 and now all the schools in the ACC could not refuse. So the, the in some ways, the financial gap we see right now between Michigan and Washington, two of the best, if not the two best college football teams in the country, country highlights the exact reason why college football and college sports are changing so drastically in the next few years. All right, stop looking at the screen. Let's have some fun. Total expenses, Michigan or Washington, who's higher? And I know you've looked at it, but probably didn't remember. You mean some for the of these fo- for the football team? I mean, for I know the, the answer team. to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The football team I know is Washington, which is surprising for some. Seventy yeah. million versus fifty-two million. Yeah. A little bit of surprising. Let's have some fun. Let's see who spends more on travel, Michigan or Washington. I would think Michigan, just regionally. 2.2 million to 1.9 Michigan. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, which one on? Uh, da, da. Who spends more in recruiting, Michigan or Washington? That one, I think maybe Washington, just because of where they have to go to recruit. Michigan, 2.2 oh. to 1.5. Okay. Um, Let me have some good ones here. Um, severance payments, Michigan or Washington? That's Washington. Michigan Washington. Hasn't, hasn't had a severance payment exactly. in a while, right? Harbaugh's been there for, for long That's enough. Yeah. And by, uh, free, by the way, two free agent coaches. Talk about cashing in. A hundred percent. Yeah, I was, I was hoping you were going to bring it up. Because you have coaches, staff, the whole staff compensation. And I would have thought it was like Michigan. 
16.4 million for the entire coaching staff compensation. That's going to be Harbaugh alone next year. Yeah, the there's talk I saw of a, of a 10-year, 125 million dollar offer for Jim Harbaugh if he's willing to 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 stick around in Michigan. Those talks, from what I understand, were kind of tabled a little bit when the whole cheating scandal came mm-hmm. out, and and maybe now have resumed. And then on the other end, Kalen DeBoer, who I think for a lot of uh, college football fans, not not a huge name, but he's not a particularly well compensated coach. Certainly not for th- for this tier of success the entire right staff, now. Eight point four million at Washington. Yeah, so he's making the entire staff is making less than Michigan State's coach is making or coach was making before he was uh, before he was let go. So um, and, and and I don't know if this was intentional or not, but it sounds like they've been talking for months about a new contract and. Uh, the, 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 those talks got delayed as the season was going out. Yeah, yesterday's price, not today's price, Scott. I think Kalen DeBoer, is, is, his team is playing his way into a, a very, very hefty uh, pay bump, yep. either by Washington or, because we see this happen all the time, maybe even a bigger program with even more money to come swoop him away at some point soon. Michigan probably thought they were going to have some leverage in those talks with, with the suspension and everything, but here you go, win a national yeah, championship. Guess what? Ask the fans, ask all the fans, whether it's Dave Portnoy, Tom Brown, Brady, Steve Ross, uh, you know, ask anybody who, who roots for Michigan whether they care yeah, <laughs> about this exactly. thing at this point. Yeah. Nope, don't care. And here's the last one I'll do just for fun. And this one surprises me because obviously the number of people are the same and they're, you know, they're, they're big boys. Uh, how much do you think Michigan spends to feed mm. its, its uh, student athletes, as they say, versus Washington? Who spends more on food? Uh, I would think it would be Michigan, is my guess. Now, why do you think? Now, I'm curious. That this is yeah. like this is one of those where I take the next step. My brain works that way. Why do you think? I would have thought Washington would spend more on food. I just thought it would have been like, hey, I don't know, the price of fish, the uh, <laughs> just local seafood, local seafood. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it would have been higher. Michigan is mean, shopping at Zingerman's. <laughs> would you? Would put you? I'll put it to you this way: the difference between the two is almost as much as Washington spends. In yeah. Total. That, that does not surprise me. My thinking there is that the, the bigger your, your your richest programs, as we've talked about before, Scott, have are flush with money and are trying to figure out ways to spend it that is not paying players. And the way they do that is they find avocados from Mexico. Yeah, glitzy, the, uh, fancy locker room, and Clemson has a slide and its f- football I get facility that, but and you a, think in a for- nice weight room. I would bet that whatever the food options are in the Michigan football locker room or practice facility are. So much nicer than what even a high-end Pac-12 school like like Washington offers. Um, mm-hmm. That that number does not surprise me much at all. All right, so the number is Michigan three and a half million on meals, Washington two. Yeah, that does that That's a does. Big gap. I gotta say that really does surprise me. Better food, you think? Uh, the training table for <laughs> Michigan football players, or the overall dining centers at Bowdoin College. <laughs> Great, great question. I mean, think about your focus group of one, for example, right? When yeah. he's going to start looking at schools at some point. Mm-hmm. In terms of things that he's going to care about when he's looking at, at, at hockey facilities, right? He's going to care about the weight room and care about the locker room and the and the, about the weight the stadium. room. That means you got to go in the weight room and actually work hard. That's, <laughs> you don't. You greatly overestimate my focus group of one. I think the thing, some of the things that, that, that kids of that age care about are – uniforms right they, 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 that kind of things yep. looking at what what the athletes are eating what the dining hall looks like what the options are those are all things that i actually do think influence a, a recruiting trip almost just as much as some of the the the, the, the more specific details of, of of what the roster looks like who the coach is etc so by the way i don't yes. think that is i don't think that's athlete specific and and i didn't just pull the no Bowdoin i don't college think analogy out out yeah. of nowhere 
I will tell you, you know, I, I, have I discussed this with you? I don't remember if you and I discussed this. You know I like the Revisionist History podcast by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. I would encourage everybody, a little recommendation, we don't do this often, but there is one episode, just Google Malcolm Gladwell, Revisionist History, whatever, uh, Bowdoin College. Mm. And it, in essence, it, they were talking about looking at dining hall food to talk about the the uh, income inequality in terms of, of campuses and where they put the money. And I think they, they looked between Bowdoin and Vassar. And Bowdoin made a decision that the money they bring in from very wealthy student body is going to go to things like, you know, fresh avocado and things like mm-hmm. that. Really, really Michelin, Michelin star quality food because that's what people who pay a lot of money want. And then they asked the folks at Vassar to make a very different choice where you're not going to have a very fancy dorm. You're not going to have great food uh, in the dining halls. However, they want you to know that a lot of that money is being spent on financial aid to help diversify the student body, if that matters to you. It was just a really, really interesting look at two schools and the approaches and how to extrapolate it as to what it meant for the university. So um, I look at it that way. Like if if I'm a football player... And I, I'm really still surprised. There's a million and a half dollars. How do you get a million and a half dollar difference between what you're you're spending at Michigan? Because what are these? Like, what do they want? Steaks? Like, you're, everybody's eating filet versus yeah. Chuck? Like, how are you? How is there a million and a half dollar difference in these two marquee programs? I, I would, I would be, and we don't know exactly how the accounting works out here, but they I wouldn't be shocked Chipotle, if, that, man. if that Michigan number includes. Uh, workforce right so nutritionists it might include a, a number of chefs it might include the, the facility itself i think there's a lot that goes into that's not just the type of food shrimp versus fresh fish or whatever sign me up I, if I think, it's the seafood yeah i think there's a chance that if, if you told me michigan had every college every football player at michigan was on a tailored health plan specifically in terms of balancing every protein and chef. carbohydrates <laughs> depending on the, their specific their body, way their, their body their burns blood, they do things. blood work how about that they take blood work and then they say what you should optimally be eating if you told me michigan did that and, and washington didn't that would not surprise me at all so, so I, I think there's a lot either, of but, ways okay. that you can you can balance that all right i like it but that, that's what you get on this podcast nowhere else <laughs> are you hearing about like that is not happening anywhere else and frankly Bowdoin that College, i don't i'm going this athletes. way i know i yeah i know ratings matter and i know listeners matter I don't care if you like that or not. That is awesome content right there. That like I want to listen to two people having that conversation, bringing that in. Anyway, you know what I don't want to listen to? Uh, is it Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show? That's exactly that's exactly <laughs> it. And that's just because I'm old and tired. And by the way, not and you said it before, and I'm like, who watches the McAfee Altcast? And it was like over a million plus. I get it. And you just keep saying the same. When I say who, every time I start a sentence in the office with who watches, you turn to me and say, it's not for you. It's not for you. <laughs> it's not for you. It's and not I, for me I, either, to be clear. I, and yeah. I understand. I, give me your partner's re- response to uh, Pat McAfee. Let, he, he, this, he, what, wait, what, what last, give me the time comparison. Usain Bolt in the 100 versus Janet watching Pat McAfee. Who got out fast? Yeah, Usain Bolt 100, but Usain Bolt 200 was pretty close, I think. <laughs> I think Janet made it about 20 seconds into watching the, 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 the sideline show last year's national championship game. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games 
gets released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus uh with pat and his and his and his colleagues essentially screaming on the sideline for yes for, that's what for it's a scream fest um but the, the the studio show, and, and we'll transition into the, the news of this week and what Aaron Rodgers, who's a recurring guest, a paid guest on that show. But ESPN handed the afternoon keys uh, over to Pat McAfee. It is the flagship afternoon sports talk show on ESPN, which is very high-profile real estate. And I know he's not for everybody, but the fact that ESPN did that, I think, shows what they're looking for, right? They're, they're not looking for... You, they're not looking for me. They're looking for your son. That they want the the younger sports Fair enough, fans. When I put on the all cast two focus group of one was much like Janet. The response was, yeah. "What is this?" That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that that is a more. I think that's more telling than you. Yeah, or that's, I, that should scare them more or, than or me Janet saying, turning it on and this. being like, "What, but, what is going but on?" But when right things here? go south, and I'm not even saying if when thing goes when they go south, yeah, between McAfee and ESPN. And if anybody dares ask, well, who could who saw that coming? I can do this. I can raise you my can hand. Definitely you can that. raise your hand. And lots he, of people said, this is not going to work. Pat has not lasted too long at, at most of his prior stops, right? Barstool, FanDuel, um, and, and ESPN is, is a step above both those for him from a platform standpoint. But I would also not be shocked if if Pat is somewhere, if he's at Fox in two years or or, or, or in 12 Just months. do his own thing, man. Um, I, I do think the, 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 the challenge here for ESPN is, is the push and pull that, that you and I are talking about, which is that as some of a lot of this stuff just kind of shifts into shock jock kind of um, hot takes and 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 more controversial takes, you end up in this tough position, right? Where th- there's a large subset of the country who wants more of that, right? They they, they are the people watching ESPN on a, on a on a Wednesday afternoon might might want that. But the truth is that I'm sure a lot of ESPN advertisers don't love the idea that a paid guest on a show can come out and accuse, hint at the idea of another very public celebrity of of, of being a, a Jeffrey Epstein associate. I think there is, yeah, I think that this is the this is the challenge I think for ESPN is is catering to some of those desires while not losing the other part of its business. I think is a genuine concern. It's one they've been dealing with for a while and will continue to become a bigger and bigger challenge. All right. So Bob Iger's phone rings, doesn't ring. What ha- And you have to keep in, in mind, like you have parent company or Disney overarching yep. ABC that has Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, exactly. ESPN, which has McAfee and now, you know, they're paying Aaron Rodgers to appear. Um, does does the phone ring at the highest level? Say, just want to let you know we have a little situation here. And, and we're recording this on 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 Wednesday early afternoon. I, Pat's about to, come, to about to, to to go live. I'm sure he will address this. By the way, I, I am on board with Larry David. Today's Wednesday, as you say. I don't want to hear <laughs> Happy New Year after. Today. Yeah, can we? I don't even want to hear it today. Out there. I don't want to hear it today. But I will. I'll, I'll deal with it. But tomorrow, it just. It not only way feels too, too late, God, it is too, too late. No. 
anyway. you have the first full week of the year to say no. happy new year to people totally disagree okay well, you and totally I disagree. Disagree, to, agree to disagree on that <laughs> so but you know like are people tuning in and that i always call it the howard stern experience right it was yeah. like half the people tuned into howard stern because they loved him uh, a whole bunch of people tuned into howard stern because they didn't like him and then a whole bunch of people tuned into howard stern just to see what he would say next that's what i get is what's going on here with Pat McAfee and, and Aaron Rodgers. It's just aggregate yeah. eyeballs, right? The old John Skipper. Aggregate the eyeballs. I will figure out how to monetize it. But but again, you and I are we're we're not watching into we're not watching Pat McAfee because we dislike the show. We're just not no. watching it, right? Like the right. the I, I would be surprised if there's a lot of people who are kind of hate watching that content. Um but I again I, I just think that there is an increasingly larger percentage of the ESPN watching audience that wants Pat and and in some ways wants Aaron right I mean and and I won't I won't group the two of them together but I think the Aaron Rodgers kind of coming off the cuff as a as a recurring guest and and speaking his mind and his kind of weird warped version of of, of truth telling uh, yeah I think there's, I, I, there's I a, care there's a about large conspiracy part of the theories from anybody like, I, I don't know you I, and I agree on this Scott I just think that that again this is. This is the, the 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 separation of what consumers want in some ways, and a company like ESPN that is kind of desperately trying to hold all of its audiences together, and that becomes a harder and harder task. Do you think it's it's the kind of thing where everybody now has to one up last week to keep the share of eyeballs and attention? That you constantly have to be, you know, whether it's a wrestling show or not, you have to, you have to jump a little higher. The top rope has to be, it's got to be, a, you know, a squared thing, a circle, a cage match, or more blood, or whatever. I, I think that's been that's been baked into the the first take Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp business model for years. I think that that even if there's nothing to be outraged at, th- those guys have to find something to be outraged. Well, you create. Right? Well, they you make the to, statement to create their outrage, and then you totally. talk about the controversy that Ex- you've created. Exactly. For and then all you day. get angry yeah, yeah. at the backlash to yeah. the controversy that you started because yeah. there was no controversy or no backlash. And to begin away with. we go. By, by the way, so semi genius because if we know it's it, there's a reason. Like we actually know why the E comes first. It just happenstance, but yeah. it is just entertainment. No, I think that's right. But 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 yes, I do think that 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 model worked for. A decade and a half, fifteen years, whatever, and and yeah. I I think you can make an argument that Pat and and Aaron are on the vanguard of the new model, right? Which is a little bit more salacious and a bit more polarizing. Yeah. But because the country is more polarizing and therefore sports fans are more polarized, I think there is a, a wider critique or, or 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 thing to say about what sports talk shows or even what sports coverage looks like as as the country gets more polarized. Right, you I know what I would tune into. I would loyally tune into the NFL if you guaranteed me that with five minutes to go in any game that had a point differential of 17, I'll say, I think we're pretty safe, that the owner of one team would douse opposing opposing fans with some liquid that he'd been taking uh, in the owner's box. I would tune in every game at the five-minute mark to watch the dousing. How about you? Uh, if they uh, did pay per view and enough people bought it, they could. Uh, Ninety nine cents own, for the, the last owner five could minutes. Pay the owner could pay the fine that the NFL <laughs> would inevitably hand down. Uh, David Tepper, of course, you're you're referencing here. Oh right, right, uh, yes, oh Car- yes, yes. In case Carolina you don't know, Panthers owner um, threw it uh, on video throwing what looked like a drink or ice or maybe both at a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Go Jags! Um, it wasn't you, was it? <laughs> it was not. It was, Just, it was not as me. As soon as I heard Tepper doused a Jaguars fan, I'm like, oh god, tell me Novi Williams wasn't at the game today. Yeah, I'm, I'm of two minds on. 
on this one, Scott. It is the, the I, I fully understand that the owner of an NFL team, a billionaire, should, should I'm really never interested be interested to see where you're going with. I'm of two minds. What? I'm of two minds. I, I should never be throwing. Yes, should that's never the be throwing one mind that I can agree with you. Where, where's the other mind? Uh, the other mind is I think the outrage was way too big. The, the really? idea that like well, the, the team hasn't commented yet, David hasn't commented yet, the NFL hasn't commented yet. The NFL fined him three hundred thousand dollars, which is a, a lot of money in in some ways, not a lot of money to David Tepper. I that is the equivalent that, for you for the average Americans, equivalent of a dollar and ten cents. I think in the pantheon of things that owners do that I find problematic. And, and we have a long list of accusations and allegations, workplace, mis- all of that stuff. The idea that, that all of this hang-wringing happened because David Tepper threw some water or, or some vodka, whatever it was, whoa, on a whoa, fan whoa, through on. a I have, window. To, I have to jump in, though. I have yeah, to jump please, in. please, by all means. Uh, uh, when you're talking Pantheon, all the things that sit atop that Pantheon have resulted in some owners losing their teams. Like, no, no, that's not true. Some, some of them Donald some Sterling. Them have. No, some. Yeah, ultimately, Dan Snyder was forced out. I mean, ultimately, some have been removed from the team. But yeah, you don't. Like, eventually, Dan Snyder. There were twenty years of, of ugly allegations against Dan I didn't Snyder. See that, the wheels that did of not, justice are round. They're square. Not, the wheels of justice didn't require are a three hundred thousand dollars fine. I mean the. the and Dan Snyder was fined at one point um, a, a bit by the NFL at the end, obviously, and it was millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But for, for two decades— <laughs> After he sold it for $4 billion or $6 billion, Yes, that's me. also true. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think that there is the, the, the fact that everyone's freaking out over, over this. I just and, think it's and, on video. I mean, there's allegations and stories, and then there's, there, there's David Tepper, net worth $17 totally. billion, acting like a fool, sorry, David, sitting in section 400 and whatever. It's on tape. Yes, I no, saw I it, which is which is makes all the difference in the world. Just, come on, dude, what are you doing? And was and, it was it Bud Adams? I think it was Bud yeah, Adams. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, yeah, the two yeah, gun salute. Middle fingers. Yeah, the two gun salute. Throwing but, the bird like, uh, yeah, two decades ago, just, and that was a two hundred fifty. But let me extrapolate time. why yeah. this is sports business. I'm going to extrapolate, right? Yeah. Okay, you're worth seventeen billion. You've done very well in your core finance business, right? Yep. You buy a team because you love sports. You want it. I don't think that many, many owners are prepared for just how pro- high profile this stuff is. Hmm. That every move you make is like, this is front porch stuff. The teams are the front porch. You're going to get so much attention. You, when you die, your obit is going to be former you know, Charlotte owner. That's, that's the way it works, right? I don't, yeah. I don't care how many billions you did. Whatever. That's going to be multi-billionaire David Tepper, former owner or owner of. That's, that's going to be up there on the, on the headstone. So they're not prepared for that. That's one. Two, the same amount of control you had in terms of success and failure that you have in your core business, you do not have on the football field. You yeah. Just, yeah. And it's a weird feeling. I remember asking, um, uh, who, who was it? I said, what's it? Oh, I asked Dan Gilbert years ago. You've heard this story. Hey, what's it like to be LeBron's boss? And Dan Gilbert's response was much like Gordon Gee asking about the football coach. LeBron doesn't have a boss. What a weird business where you're going to spend billions of dollars to get an asset. And in reality, your employee doesn't really have to listen to you. Yeah. I'm not playing. When, what, what happens when LeBron James says, you know what? Trade me. Yeah. I'm not going to. No. No. So that's, it's, I'm just saying it's a weird dynamic. So this is the story I want us to write. And I'm going to broadcast it here. And, of course, other people will do it before we get to it. But why is David Tepper so frustrated? He's been through so many coaches, executives, couldn't get the practice facility built. Lost like, a lot of money on the lost practice money. Is he <laughs> A having, lot of money. You do, is he having any fun with this? 
Is he enjoying himself, or are we going to be shocked one day we're going to get a statement from Tepper Sports and Entertainment that uh, he's decided to sell the team? If you and I were listing teams that could sell the NFL teams that would not surprise us if it sold this year, yep. I have the Seahawks and the Panthers as, I think, one and two, or two yep. and one, depending on how I think about it, as most likely. We've been hearing these, these whispers for a long time. To add to your point, Scott, about how, how weird a dynamic is, not only is it is it a weird dynamic going down to players, but the NFL is, is such a collectivized business model in some ways that mm-hmm. you're also, you're, you're not really even, in some ways, the decision maker over your own team. You're one thirty second of a decision maker over a collection of teams, and there's so much autonomy in the in the private in the in the investment hedge fund world that he came from uh, to go from that to suddenly being in a group that has to balance the interests of everybody for the collective good of the sport, which concert for the which the NFL good, yeah. has done so effectively. It's one of the mm-hmm. reasons why the business is so strong right now. But yeah, I think depending on the industry you come from, and and hedge fund being one of the more extreme ones. Coming into this business environment is a is a shock to the system. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and David is definitely clearly struggling with the with the with the nuance of how to how to build the business and the successful football team simultaneously. It is one of the reasons uh, that people buy the limited partnerships in teams first, like Josh Harris did in the Steelers, and there's Which a reason David why. David did right. He yeah, was, yeah. He was but, in the Steelers as well. Is yeah. That right? and, yeah. And and you wonder like exactly you know how much time did he spend or did it's, it's what is this for me? It's a good training ground for is this for me? Yeah. But there's a it's a whole different ball of wax being the assistant coach and the and the coach being an LP. Nobody cares when you are the control owner of a sports team and anything goes wrong, the cameras point to you. You need to be the face, the voice. Um, the conscience of the franchise and some folks just aren't i'm not saying david is or isn't i'm just saying but it's it's, it ain't an easy uh, an easy place to be yeah you know so you just wanted to buy this thing for whatever reason um uh it's not like david people knew who david tepper was but i would say the average joe had no idea who he was you're in finance you know who he is but uh, who's david tepper like who was mikhail prokhorov before he bought the brooklyn nets right oh i don't know some russian oligarch right that was it that's all you knew all of a sudden, you, you buy the Brooklyn Nets, you are legitimized in anything else you're trying to do. Oh, yeah, he's the owner of the Nets. Okay, I got it. Good. That's, it's, it's a real fast way to become really famous globally. Um, and yep. that's a tough spot to be sometimes. So you know who's going to uh, – who's maybe in that training well, ground department Real right quick, now? before, before we move on, just to, put a, just to put a final point on the, the point I was making before we, we really started talking about Tepper. Jim Ursay in, in 2014 uh, um, – he pleaded guilty to misdemeanor count of operating a vehicle while intoxicated. Yeah. Was fined five hundred thousand dollars by the league. Mm-hmm. T- to me, if if a if a if an owner who is driving while intoxicated is getting a five hundred thousand dollar fine from the league, and an owner who is throwing a drink on a fan is getting a three hundred thousand dollar fine, to me those things are 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 drastically disproportionate to each other. That's the point I'm trying to make. Is that mm-hmm. the that it seems like the the outcry over what is a thing he should not be doing, but albeit like a very silly harmless thing to do, um, is is very different than should be very different than how the NFL treats way more serious allegations and sometimes i don't think that's true i would say this in as a retort yeah anything that prompts people to take a closer look at the behavior of nfl owners scares the bejesus out of that group agreed and yeah yeah. so looking inwardly saying what is the risk to me 
he's got to be made to know that you, dude, you can't do that. Like, yeah. we just came off of Snyder. We've had just got stop. <laughs> Nobody needs to be in the sit in your thing, cheer for your team. You know, that is it. Kiss babies. Close the window next time. Yeah, donate to charity. <laughs> Close, Close the, the glass. Whatever you need to do. Like, that's it. Do not give David access to the outside world <laughs> for now. For now. That's the way That's the way we want to go. Like, you know, you see Kraft sitting in his, in his thing. You see Jerry Jones, and they know when they're on camera. You know, and all right, whatever. But anything that invites further scrutiny, um, you know, the, you know, um, Bringing untoward, uh, you know, whatever it is to, toward the league. Tarnishing the, the shield. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You're, you know, you're, you're protecting the shield. The shield is is the owner, or, or are the owners, uh, and the, sort of this this cash machine that they've they collectively own. Anything that uh, brings risk to that uh, will be dealt with harshly. So, again, it's a dollar ten for you and me. So you can argue whether it's harsh. <laughs> yeah. But I think they made their point. Like you know, David, not the way to go. Don't do it again. Um, so uh, someone else, though, you know, we broke the news of somebody else buying a limited piece of a team. That's Eric Schmidt, you know, the mm-hmm. former Google CEO. He is uh, among the group that's backing A-Rod and Mark Lore in the T-Wolves. We believe the valuation was around 2.1. So A-Rod was seeking more for, for this tranche. It was a weird deal where they, they over time got control of the team. So it uh, looks as if they will have 80% of the team now, whether or not they take the, the, the remaining 20%. You and I are kind of eager to see. Yeah. But uh, interesting that Eric Schmidt is kind of big name. Now in the mix of pro sports after buying into, oh, did we mention Dan Snyder? You know, part of the group buying into the commander. So another person, like even Eric Schmidt, people know who Eric Schmidt is. Like this is not a low profile person. But if Eric Schmidt by, I mean, I could, what do you think? Let's say we walked down, let's, let's do the Donald Trump thing now. Let's walk down Fifth Avenue. You and I, we walk down Fifth Avenue, 100 people. Who was Eric Schmidt? How many? No, boom! Former Google CEO. Two, two. Oh, I go higher. I'm going to play Five? higher, but it, yeah. but it ain't a lot higher. Like yeah, ex- not, exactly. Not yeah. Eric Schmidt buys a professional sports team. A month after that, we walk down Fifth Avenue asking, "Who's yeah. Eric Schmidt?" Agreed. 100% agree with that. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And and, and to, to dive into the Timberwolves for a second, this is one of the one of the weirder sports team sale takeovers that we've seen. I would yeah. love to ask Adam Silver at some point if he would ever approve a deal like this again. My hunch says probably not. Um, but, but the rough nuts and bolts for folks who are listening who are curious, uh, Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez reached an agreement three years ago to buy the Timberwolves um, – in a in a four part transaction where they would buy twenty percent right then at at, at a one point five billion dollar valuation, another twenty percent the next year. Did you ever watch um, Popeye? You know Wimpy? No, he I know Popeye, say, but I don't. I don't know Wimpy. He would say, "I, I would Oliver. gladly pay you for a burger, or for I will gladly pay you tomorrow for a burger today." <laughs> I will gladly pay you tomorrow for a NBA team today. Yeah, so 20%, then another 20%, then another 40%, which is where we are right now. Uh, the escalators in the deal go up from 1.5, very small. I was told 4% for each tranche or something like that. So, And and in that time, Scott, as you know, NBA valuations soared. The, the idea of the, the Timberwolves selling for something that begins with a 1% is crazy right now. So so Alex and Mark to Kurt are out there able to raise money at a higher valuation than their own deal. Certainly, even still, if it's 2.1, very low, well, well below market value right now. Um, and, and yeah, if, if the Timberwolves were to sell tomorrow 
control stake, it, it would sell for so much more than what Alex and Mark are getting. Um, I, I do wonder if executing this deal and then having Alex and Mark spend three years trying to raise money from private equity groups or rich individuals like Eric Schmidt all to, 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 to take over a team that they really couldn't afford at a, at a well below market value price. Uh, yeah, my, my hunch is this would never have gotten approved if it was the NFL, for example. And I wonder if a deal like this in the future, if the NBA would say, no, <laughs> either either you buy it up front at this price or or we have to have something else that protects us from valuation soaring and suddenly you being locked in at a massive discount. Speaking, by the way, of um, owners and selling and bad behaviors and things, Portland Thorns. So I could have had I could have had an example right here, you know, right, <laughs> right, right, right here was, at the end of the show. It was on the we're going to talk about yeah, the Bethal family buying uh, the Portland Thorns. That's done. Sixty three million dollars. Your takeaway, and uh, obviously the stadium, which was controlled by the by Merritt Paulson, um, was it was an interesting part of all this. But uh, you know, a guy kind of forced to sell his team, and that that one's off the market. Highest price ever paid for a control stake in an NWSL franchise, Scott. As we talk about NBA valuations soaring, NWSL valuations also soaring in the past few years. Um, And and yeah, I think the most interesting part of this to to us has been the relationship between the Thorns and the Timbers. The Paulson family owned both of them, had to sell the Thorns. Not only do they own the Timbers, they control Providence Park, where both teams play. And the, the Thorns essentially were operated via the Timbers. All of the general counsel, Shared HR, yeah. sponsorship, uh, ticket sales. As you would expect, by the All way. of that was done yeah. essentially by, by shared teams. So when you buy the Thorns, what do you get if you lose all of the timber support? That was one of the big questions in the sale, which took over a year. And from what I understand, there is a service agreement as part of the acquisition in which the Paulson family is going to continue to provide some of those, some of that structure rental, we'll call it, for at least a little bit of time to get the Bethal family in and and able to build out their own infrastructure. And then there is an agreement to keep playing in Providence Park for for a long time after that as well. So um, a, a more complex transaction than we see often just because of the inner working relationship between the, 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 the previous owner and what the buyer was going to be getting. Um, but in the end, another big, big number for the NWSL, the OL Reign, uh, another team that are out there for sale, Scott. According to our reporting, it looks like they're close with the Sounders and, and Carlisle Group. It's going to be a number, I think, a little bit below 63 million, but no, no matter how you slice it, these are NWSL teams are, are are going for significantly higher than they were even two years ago. And and people that got in, like Michelle Kang, who people thought was crazy to buy the Washington Spirit for $35 million, looking like a huge bargain now, 24 months later. Yep. All right. So answer the question and then close the show. If you could pie chart cut up the brains of the Timbers Thorns executives. <laughs> What percentage of mind share were they spending on timbers <laughs> versus thorns? That's a great question. Thank um, you. I would think. I, mean, I, w- I would like to think that some of them were were tasked specifically with 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 maybe helping out the thorns more than others. But you I, think there was all right. You're thorn specific. Thorns only. I would like to think that, that that seems like the smarter way to do it. But given the valuations, what do we think the timbers are worth? Let's say I'm not looking at the list. Six hundred million. Six hundred yeah, million. Something like that. Uh, so gr- more. more. Considerably more. Yeah. So so maybe 80, even, 20, 70, 30, Where are you going? 
and then yeah. close the show. I'm not it's, even going to argue with you. I'm not even going to comment. I'm just curious <laughs> for your take. We are going with 80-20. Uh, oh, you're so – no, I was kidding. I was going to just joke there. Say, no, you're wrong. No. <laughs> that is my final answer. Scott, happy new year to you. Oh, since I, since this is the last it. day stop that it. I can say it. You can wish Scott a happy new year on Twitter at Sashnik. <laughs> I am Evan Novi Williams. You can wish me a happy new year on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. Happy new year to Erin Greenewald, our producer. Thank you very much to Erin for everything that she does. Sportico's digital media editor Cora Veltman would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.